0: I want to preface this episode with a disclaimer warning of sensitive topics and material. If you're listening with girls under 18 years old, I recommend pausing for now or putting in headphones so you can listen to it alone before you consider sharing it with any children. So here we go. Thanks for your patience over the past month or so, maybe month and a half, while I have taken some time away from this podcast. While I've been on hiatus here, I have been focusing on my family, my mental and emotional health, my troop, and my business, including launching a brand new podcast that I think you're going to love. It's called Iconic Women with Sarah Heater. That's me. And it's a family friendly show with two to three episodes per week that are all 10 minutes or less, focused on sharing the stories of women from three categories, women from history, Women from today and women under 30 who have broken barriers, overcome obstacles, and or redefined what it means to be a woman. If you feel so inclined, please go look it up. I'm going to go ahead and put the link to it in the show notes. Give it a listen if that sounds interesting to you and let me know what you think by leaving a review. Now, onto the Girl Scout related content. It's not too late to celebrate the International Day of the Girl. International Day of the Girl actually just passed on October 11th, but even though this episode is actually a few days late because, you know, I've been on hiatus, it is not too late to celebrate with your troop, your family, and really just in general. Here's some background on the day itself. In 1995... At the World Conference on Women in Beijing, countries unanimously adopted the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action, the most progressive blueprint ever for advancing the rights of not only women, but girls. The Beijing Declaration is the first to specifically call out girls' rights. On December 19, 2011, the United Nations General Assembly adopted Resolution 66-170 to declare October 11 as the International Day of the Girl Child to recognize girls' rights and the unique challenges girls face all around the world. The International Day of the Girl Child focuses attention on the need to address the challenges girls face and to promote girls' empowerment and the fulfillment of their human rights. Adolescent girls have the right to a safe, educated, and healthy life, not only during these critical formative years, but also as they mature into women. If effectively supported during the adolescent years, girls have the potential to change the world, both as the empowered girls of today and as tomorrow's workers, mothers, entrepreneurs, mentors, household heads, and political leaders. An investment in realizing the power of adolescent girls upholds their rights today and promises a more equitable and prosperous future for us all. One in which half of humanity is an equal partner in solving the problems of climate change, political conflict, economic growth, disease prevention, and global sustainability. Girls are breaking boundaries and barriers posed by stereotypes and exclusion. Including those directed at children with disabilities and those living in marginalized communities. As entrepreneurs, innovators, and initiators of global movements, girls are creating a world that is relevant for them and future generations. The 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and its 17 Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, adopted by world leaders in 2015, embody a roadmap for progress that is sustainable and leaves no one behind. Achieving gender equality and women's empowerment is integral to each of the 17 goals. Only by ensuring the rights of women and girls across all the goals will we get to justice and inclusion, economies that work for all, and sustaining our shared environment now and for future generations. SDGs should be familiar to anyone who's been involved with Girl Scouts for more than a year because they form the basis for the themes for the annual World Thinking Day and Global Action Award each year. In fact, gender equality was the SDG theme for the 2020 Global Action Award. So if your troop hasn't earned the 2020 Global Action Award yet, you still can. And October is the perfect month to do so. I'll link the website to download the requirements, either for DBJ or for CSA, in the show notes. And just as a little teaser, I have a mixed-level group, as most of you guys know. I have DBJC. <laughs> and we did a mix of activities from both packets, and the girls loved it. It was like their favorite topic um, last school year before the pandemic. Okay, some fast facts. Did you know? <laughs> Worldwide, nearly one in four girls aged 15 to 19 is neither employed nor in education or training compared to one in 10 boys of the same age. So 25% of girls, only 10% of boys. By 2021, around 435 million women and girls will be living on less than $1.90 a day, including 47 million pushed into poverty as a result of COVID-19. One in three women worldwide have experienced physical or sexual violence. Emerging data shows that since the outbreak of COVID-19, violence against women and girls, and particularly domestic violence, has intensified. At least 60% of countries still discriminate against daughters' rights to inherit land and non-land assets in either law or practice. The International Day of the Girl has a theme each year too, and this year the theme is My Voice, Our Equal Future. Progress for adolescent girls has not kept pace with the realities they face today, and COVID-19 has reinforced many of these gaps. This year, under the theme My Voice, Our Equal Future, let's seize the opportunity to be inspired by what adolescent girls see as the change they want. The solutions, big and small, they are leading and demanding across the globe. In 2020, we commemorate 25 years since the adoption of the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action, the global agenda for advancing the rights and empowerment of women and girls everywhere. Generation Equality was also launched in early 2020 as a multi-year, multi-partner campaign and movement for bold action on gender equality. A clear narrative and actions related to the needs and opportunities of adolescent girls and their solutions is central to the generation equality mission. As adolescent girls worldwide assert their power as change makers, International Day of the Girl 2020 will focus on their demands to 1. Live free from gender-based violence, harmful practices, and HIV and AIDS. 2. Learn new skills towards the futures they choose. And three, lead as a generation of activists accelerating social change. Here's some ways to get involved directly from UNICEF. One, share stories of inspiring adolescent girls or girl-led organizations who are developing innovative solutions or leading efforts towards positive social change, including gender equality in their communities and nations. Let's amplify their leadership, actions, and impact to inspire others. Two, participate in a youth-led digital activation launching on International Day of the Girl. Young people across the world are developing a digital activism campaign aiming to raise the diversity of girls' voices and their vision for a reimagined future. You can read stories of girls breaking barriers all over the world on the UNICEF website, which I've linked in the show notes. Now, let's talk a little bit about the progress that's been made in the past 25 years since this resolution was passed. This is from a report by UNICEF's UN Women and Plan International from March of this year. I've also linked this, you guessed it, in the show notes, so you can read it yourself if you wish. So the year that the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action was adopted was 1995, and that year... Nearly 64 million girls were born worldwide. Now, in 2020, that number has increased to 68 million girls expected to be born worldwide this year. And although the analysis in this report does demonstrate that girls' lives are much better today than they were 25 years ago, the gains are uneven across regions and countries, which is particularly true for adolescent girls. We know that in order to accelerate progress in the quality of girls' lives, we need to involve girls in both the decision-making and the designing of solutions that impact their future. Girl Scouts is a huge part of that. The realities that girls face today include a need to address critical issues like gender-based violence, child marriage, and female genital mutilation, or FGM, as well as making sure girls have access to 12 years of education and skill-building for the workforce, and improving girls' health and nutrition. Today, there are 1.1 billion girls under 18. They're living longer lives than they were 25 years ago, but they're still excluded from decision-making, especially those from ethnic minorities, indigenous groups, and poor households, living in rural or conflict settings, and living with disabilities. 60% of countries still discriminate against daughters' rights to inherit land or non-land assets in either law or practice. And again, 25 years ago, only one in three girls were enrolled in secondary school. Today, that's increased by 33% with two in three girls enrolled in secondary school. That's amazing. However, we are facing a globally recognized learning crisis, which means that even when girls are in school, many of them are not receiving a quality education. They're not developing transferable skills like critical thinking and communication or digital skills needed to compete in today's workforce. In fact, nearly one in four girls aged 15 to 19 are neither employed nor in education compared to only one in 10 boys of the same age. The risk of violence in every space, online, in the classroom, home, and community also keeps girls from achieving 13 million girls aged 15 to 19 have experienced forced sex in their lifetimes. Meanwhile, harmful practices such as FGM and child marriage have declined in the past 25 years, but they still continue to disrupt and damage the lives of millions of girls globally. To learn more about the current state of girls globally, please check out the link in the show notes to read more from this study, including regional discrepancies and more comparisons between the state of girls compared to the state of boys around the world. One suggestion here is to take some of the information or some excerpts from this study and share them with your girls, depending on their grade level. You can discuss what they think is the most important or compelling. Discuss what global suggestions our world leaders can and should take and make a difference. And what ways your troop or individual Girl Scouts might be able to plan a take action project to either raise awareness or have a direct impact on certain areas of focus from this study. Now, before I wrap up, I do want to address a little bit about the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on the state of girls and families around the world. UNICEF prioritizes five core <laughs> – let me draw that again. UNICEF prioritizes five core programmatic and advocacy actions that recognize public health, social, and economic consequences of this pandemic. So the five different core actions that they recognize are, one, care for caregivers, two, prepare for increases in gender-based violence, Three, maintain core health and education services and systems. Four, engage women's and youth rights ne- youth rights networks to support connectivity and the flow of vital information. And five, ensure gender data is available, analyzed, and actionable. So I want to talk about each of these really briefly. So number one, under care for caregivers, UNICEF says, We know that women are at the forefront of all public health crises as nurses, midwives, community health workers, yet their role is frequently overlooked and underpaid. Women and girls also tend to carry out most of the care for sick relatives, household chores, and child care responsibilities. Women and children, especially in female-headed households as migrant workers or recipients of remittances, will also be incredibly vulnerable to the impacts. Together we must provide adequate support, including childcare, health services, and other social support and protections for vital frontline responders. Cash transfer programs for women and girls need to be prioritized to mitigate the impact of the outbreak, recover and build resilience for future shocks. With our private and public sector partners, it is vital that we also champion family-friendly policies to protect employees, reduce stress, and support improved child and family well-being. Under number two, which is prepare for increases in gender-based violence through the COVID-19 outbreak, UNICEF says gender-based violence will increase during the COVID-19 response, and we can be prepared by training first responders on how to handle disclosure of gender-based violence. So UNICEF actually provides a pocket guide, including an app, to help train first responders, including the unique approaches for and with adolescent girls. UNICEF says, we will also prepare all levels of healthcare facilities and health workers, especially at the community level, to take on the task shifting responsibilities related to the caseload of gender-based violence survivors, information about available gender-based violence hotlines, and other support mechanisms must be made available across all settings. Under number three, maintain core health and education services and systems, UNICEF says, evidence from past epidemics, including Ebola and Zika, indicate that efforts to contain outbreaks often interrupt education services and divert resources from routine health services, including maternal and child health care services and the clinical management of rape. Women, adolescent girls, and all children living with HIV and AIDS are particularly vulnerable as their their continuity of care can be acutely compromised, potentially increasing morbidity, mortality, and the transmission of HIV. Together, we must ensure the continuity of core and quality education and health services, including alternative delivery structures— while also maintaining long-term support for strong education and health systems to meet the holistic needs of women and girls and boys across the age continuum. Under number four, engage women's and youth rights networks to support connectivity and the flow of vital information, UNICEF says, as schools transition to remote learning, the important social support structures, peers and mentors for adolescent girls must be maintained. Through in-person and digital platforms, these key social and community networks should also be engaged to ensure the meaningful participation of girls and women in all decision-making processes and sharing of key communications, including gender-based violence hotlines and other services and support mechanisms. Our digital platforms, such as YouReport, can be one tool to provide dialogue toward joint solutions and insights. We need to activate standby and existing partnerships with these networks to achieve quality and scale of our program reach. And again, this is quoted from the UNICEF website. So you report and um, their program reach that's specifically referring to things offered by UNICEF. Okay, under ensure gender data is available, analyzed, and actionable UNICEF says, if we don't ask, we will not know, and we will not do. Nothing we do is neutral. Sex, age, and disability data disaggregation, as well as other key indicators, must be prioritized in all data collection, analyses, and reporting. This includes surveys that analyze across the COVID-19 impact curve of public health, social, and economic outcomes. So, for background... Under UNICEF's core commitments for children, every humanitarian response has gender equity at the core with a focus on three things. Number one, an end to gender-based violence, which is also called GBV. I keep on saying it like reading it out instead of abbreviating it, but it is abbreviated as GBV. Um, Number two, community engagement with and for women and girls. And number three, gender-responsive programming, including a lens on adolescent girls. So regarding the coronavirus pandemic, for many women and girls, stay-at-home orders can be dangerous and even deadly. Evidence shows that home is often the most dangerous place for women and children around the world. In addition, increasing food insecurity, where women are primarily uh, responsible for procuring and cooking food, may place them at heightened risk of intimate partner violence due to tensions in the household. We also saw this in 2014 to 2016 during the Ebola outbreak in West Africa, which placed women and girls at greater risk of exploitation and sexual violence. Plus, with hospitals overrun and healthcare providers overburdened by COVID 19 cases, life saving care and support, including clinical management and mental health and psychosocial support, can definitely be disrupted or even unavailable. UNICEF lists a major priority under community engagement to identify existing women's networks and youth rights groups to strengthen leadership and meaningful participation of women and girls in all decision making processes in addressing the pandemic. Women and youth also play a major role as conduits of information in their communities. Women and girls need to be able to have access to information via multiple accessible platforms, including digitally. UNICEF is also calling for ensuring adequate funding to women and girls organizations who are central to the response and provide frontline services with limited resources. It is imperative that the data recorded worldwide related to the outbreak and the emergency response be disaggregated by sex, age, and disability, and include other gender equality indicators in order to understand exposure and also to measure the gap in response and care. We can look at historic data from previous public health emergencies in order to anticipate impact. And this kind of looks like healthcare systems stretched by efforts to contain the outbreak. So care responsibilities are frequently disproportionately expected from women and girls. The closure of schools actually makes the situation worse for the burden of unpaid care work on women and girls. And I'm sure so many of you who are listening to this can relate to that because it is disproportionately women who are then experiencing the burden of unpaid care, absorbing that additional work for caring for kids when schools are closed. School closures can also have devastating effects on girls, um, including access to nutritious meals. Schools are often one of the strongest social networks for adolescent girls, providing peers and mentors, And we also know that school closures in the Ebola crisis, for example, actually led to many girls staying out of school even after the crisis had passed. They experienced an increase in exposure to violence and an increase in adolescent pregnancies. Also, women constitute 70% of workers in healthcare and the social sector globally, so they are on the front lines of the response. And they face an average gender pay gap of 28%, which is, again, exacerbated during times of public health crisis. So countries need to have strategic plans and awareness around preparing responses that are grounded in strong gender analysis, taking into account gendered roles, responsibilities, and dynamics. This includes ensuring that we address the burden of paid and unpaid care work and heightened gender-based violence risks. It also includes monitoring the closure of GBV support mechanisms like shelters and hotlines. We also need to prioritize access to learning and education opportunities for all children, especially in remote areas with low connectivity and with regards to accessibility for children and adolescents with disabilities or others who are at risk for exclusion. Online learning opportunities must observe the best online safeguarding practices to protect girls from abuse and predatory risk. We should also ensure girls' support, social support networks with peers and mentors are maintained through digital or other platforms to facilitate interconnectedness and empowerment. So this is where this virtual Girl Scouting thing really comes into play. And I know it's hard, guys, and I know it doesn't feel as fun as getting together in person if you're in an area where you still can't and even if you can get together in person but you have all these restrictions of having to wear masks and having to have small groups or having to be outside or not having physical contact i know it's really hard but this information is really demonstrating um from unicef that uh globally this is like crisis level for these kids and the impacts can be devastating if they don't maintain that connectedness and that empowerment through their social support networks. And Girl Scouts is just such a huge part of that. So we have to do as much as we can, even though it's hard and even though it kind of sucks. Okay. Measures taken to relieve the burden on primary health care structures should prioritize access to sexual and reproductive health services, including pre- and postnatal natal health care and GBV screening and response. So another way you can acknowledge International Day of the Girl with your troop is to explore some of the topics and ideas around COVID-19 and the pandemic. And depending on their grade level, you're obviously going to want to adjust your depth of discussion, Um, but you can talk to them about the impact on kids and adults from being out of school, being out of work, how girls and women are disproportionately impacted by the caretaking roles. And also the statistics about most of the people who are part of the response industry when it comes to public health crises are actually women. So there's so many things that you can talk about. See what your girls might be able to come up with just on their own. If you just ask them related to the impact of this public health crisis this year with regard to women and girls and see what they come up with. But you can also then go ahead and prompt them and inform them more about the statistics and data that already exist either from this year or from previous health, public health crises in different parts of the world. And I've linked this coronavirus um, document um, about UNICEF's recommendations and the data that they've pulled from previous health crises to inform their strategy in handling the pandemic. All right, that's all I've got for today. Thank you so much for your patience these past few weeks while I've taken a little break from releasing new episodes on this podcast. And I really hope that the replays have been a nice recap for you. Um, I also hope this episode was informative and interesting for you. It was definitely really interesting for me to research and keep in mind that most of this information is literally taken, some of it literally me reading word for word from their website, from the UNICEF website and resources, and everything is linked in the show notes for you to check out on your own. So I'm not trying to plagiarize here, but it was just easier for me to read from the website or from the document for a lot of this than to write it in my own words. I'm not trying to plagiarize. I have absolutely linked everything and I want you to be super clear that this came from UNICEF. Okay. Happy belated international day of the girl and happy new Girl Scout year. Stay safe and healthy, everyone.